Welcome to Radio Saxivore, a brand new podcast from the UK's most northerly island of Ernst. This small island of just 46 square miles is home to 650 people and to Shetland Space Centre, the country's first vertical launch programme. In this first season of the podcast, we will offer a series of unique insights into the design, build and operations of Shetland Space Centre, whilst giving you a taste of Shetland life. My name is Emily Strang. And I'm Brighton Priest. And this is Radio Saxaboard. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Radio Saxaboard podcast. This week I am joined by Mike Mongo, who is over in Shetland from Cape Canaveral in um, the US and is working on a couple of exciting projects in Ernst this summer. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hi, Bryden. <laughs> I, I, get, we get to do this in person. I, and I know that I've, I've listened to your podcast before, so I know that you don't always do the podcast in person. Nope, this is just my second interview I've gotten to do in person, Mike, so you're a, a lucky guy. <laughs> I, I am lucky. I, like, I'm, really, I'm really happy to be here. I'm honored to be here. And, and I, and I got to tell you right up front, I've listened to all the episodes. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't know I was going to be on it, but I love the I love the podcast. You and Emily are amazing. That makes me really happy to hear, Mike. Thank you for that. I guess we just go straight into the first question that we ask all our guests. We start every interview like this. So, Mike, tell us what your favorite space, book, film, or song is. Favorite space, book, film, or song, right? Yeah. So, like, some people answer all three. Yeah. Right? And so... <laughs> Uh, so I'm a kind of an all three kind of person mm-hmm. and here, and so book, film or song. And I was always wondering how come no series? And I heard oh, yeah. one of the answers was the original Star Trek. Right. And who was the person that said that their favorite series was, no, their favorite film was silent running. Oh, who was that? That was early on. Wasn't it? That was so good. Like was that, that, I think that was maybe James McConaughey from the NHS. Yes. Like that. Yeah. And, and so I was, listening i was in cape canaveral i was driving around and uh, and then i heard that i was like i'm gonna say when they if, if i ever get asked this question and i wasn't thinking on this podcast if i ever get asked this question i'm gonna tell people silent running because no one knows that film i mean i had just thought it and then he said silent running i felt like i had to pull over i'm like what is it is this a sign and and they yeah it's a it's a poignant film that's like definitely one of my favorites I don't know that that is my favorite. It was gonna, it was the answer I was going to use. So like, I love the kind of science fiction film that I work with young students. So people say children, but I say students. So I work with young young students, and I like I like films and stories that show how intelligent and capable children are, students are, and that's. So there, there's a film, I think it was called Super 8 or something like that. And they, these three kids, they deal with an, with a, uh, with an alien and one of those kind of things. I, I love these kind of films. E.T.? Yeah. That's a perfect film. Classic. I mean, perfect. <laughs> I, it is classic and it is perfect. And Elliot going around and his sister and the whole everything, beautiful. So I, lo- I love these kind of films. And... Um, my s- series, I've read the, the five books of the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe mm-hmm. trilogy. And I am, my favorite song is going to be Billy Thorpe's Children of the Sun. Do you know the song? No, I don't know. You don't? You're, you're young. <laughs> so it's an old rock classic. It's, a, it's definitely a classic. It's like, people love the earth, can you hear me? Came a sky, came a voice from the sky on that magical night. 
And in the colors of a thousand sunsets, they travel to the world on a silvery light. Something like really <laughs> prog rock like that. And that, that's like, that, I've, I have sung that song since I was a kid. <laughs> um, so you have a really interesting job title, how you describe yourself. Astronaut teacher. Astronaut teacher. Could you tell us a bit about your story so far, how you've gotten to where you are now and how you've gotten to that job title? Because it's quite a cool, cool job title to have. It, it is. It's. It's. Uh, you know, when I was a. When I was a. Oh. Oh. What is it? A wee burn. A wee. A, a, a pity burn. A pity burn. <laughs> pity burn. When I was a pity burn, I. Uh, I wanted to be the very first thing I wanted to be was a superhero. I was like three years old. Yeah. And my. In fact, in my family, it was famous because my first word was Batman. I would say Batman, Batman, Batman. That was like <laughs> that was the thing. Then every that was the legend, and then it was explained to me at that. As a as a uh, pity band, that a uh, superhero isn't a re- quote unquote finger quotes real job, and so I was like, okay, let me think about this. I started look around, yeah, and then I saw astronaut, and so my second choice was like, after fallback, if I can't be a superhero, I'll be an astronaut. So jump forward to the future, when I'm a grown up, and I was 42. I was working in, in marine science research in the Florida Keys. I'm originally from Key West, and so I was there. And having had the best job, I mean the best. It was just going out on the water every day. Dolphins, jellyfish, horseshoe crabs, amazing. The, the warmth of the water. See, I, I've been around the island a little bit now. I've, yep. only, I've only been free for three days since my 10-day quarantine. I've been <laughs> to the water and I've t- I touched the water here and it is like as cold as any any drink that you would ever have like can i get something ice and refreshing nice and refreshing <laughs> drink and they would serve you something that temperature so the water in the, in the florida keys is not like that's the opposite it's like if people sometimes it's too warm to go into it's like oh it's hot it's burning me that's how hot it is wow yeah it's lovely right so going out and doing that every day and midway through i i always of that assignment i was thinking well what do i do next what's going to be like this is the best job ever what am I going to do? And at 42, I started to go up my list, figuring out what I had already accomplished in life. And I had done everything I ever wanted, except for one thing. And that was astronaut. Mm-hmm. And it, here's, at the time, this is 14 years, almost 15 years ago, when, if I was 42 and not an astronaut, <laughs> yeah, chances are astronaut was not in the cards for me. Yep. And that thought literally just, my knees gave out. I, I'm not even joking. My knees gave out th- realizing I would have to go. I would go the next half of my life, you know, if I'm lucky, mm-hmm. and, which I seem to be, yep. and uh, not be an astronaut. So I had to immediately on the spot put my thinking cap on and figure out what is going to, what would be at least as satisfying as an astronaut. Fortunately, I had 42 years of quality life experience, and I had already been working with, uh, on the boats, when we'd go out, there would be these moments where students would be out on the boats with us and seeing all these amazing, I mean, big sharks, like really amazing experiences, even grown-ups get excited about. Yeah. Which is a a trick, getting a a grown-up excited about something awesome. (laughs) And um, sometimes students would see something so remarkable that they would be transformed right in front of everyone's eyes. And that moment was miraculous to me. And it had happened a number of times and I was just like, what is happening here? What, what is this? 
I, I now know as a, as a 14 year old, 14 year veteran of doing this, that that moment is, is successful teaching. Mm-hmm. So I had combined that moment intuitively with astronaut on that spot and came up with astronaut teacher. That was 2007. I wrote the astronaut instruction manual and I began working with students, any student. If I was at the shop and there was a student there pestering their parents for a pack of gum or something, I would begin engaging with them and letting them know that tomorrow's jobs are in space and have they ever thought about being an astronaut or being a a space professional because space professional is not just about being an astronaut. That's just the public facing uh, aspect of, of space industry and space culture. It's much more than that. And there's so many different roles and jobs in, in marketing and, and law and uh, space veterinarians. And it goes, it runs the gamut now, mm-hmm. 14 years later, later, especially. And so that's really how I came to be an astronaut teacher. I, and after that, I started to, want, I started to establish credibility. The book I published, I got, I began getting invited to conferences to speak, primarily to speak with peer science professionals who were working to engage students in STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. And like we as grown-ups, a lot of times forget what it's like to be a kid. Exactly. Which yeah. is weird because we're all kids. Every single one of us, we're, we're like human-sized robots driven around by the kid that's inside of us. And, and so uh, I just get to remind people, and that, that, that's kind of the reason my glasses are like this. That, you know, <laughs> I have it made this way that's up down, upside down framed that everybody is mesmerized by like your glasses are upside glasses down are upside and you, you know, they're not, I had them made that you can see once you get close enough, you see that the, the lenses are, they're uh, bifocal by, and uh, they, the arms are made this way. And, and uh, they are just, they are there to remind grownups about life is fun. Yeah. And we get to laugh at ourselves. And especially if we have something worth hearing, if we're not afraid to, to um, take ourselves less seriously to get the important message across. And as it turns out, here in the future, 14 years later, I realize it's not just about encouraging students to pursue careers in space, space careers. It is, the fact is that by, su- by, pursue- by encouraging students to pursue, by, by encouraging kids to go out and get space jobs, hey kids, go out and get space jobs. We have figured out a way to solve all the challenges we face on Earth. Hey, kids, if you work in space, in the space industry, whether it's satellites or engineering or physics or art uh, or music, whatever you're going to bring to the space industry, you can be part of the thing that solves all the challenges we face here on Earth. And that's a fact. It's hard to believe, but... In the case, like, one of the big challenges we face on Earth is energy, energy production. And oil and coal are creating this real problem for us. Well, we can move energy production to space. We can move all the dirty industries to space, really. We can collect solar energy outside the atmosphere that is 90% more powerful than inside the atmosphere, beam it back down to Earth, ship it down to Earth with micro- with using microwaves, mm-hmm. and, then, and then solve for coal and oil just like that. Just like... Like that, and when I explain that with grown-ups, uh, there's a lot of kickback or pushback. Mm-hmm. But when I explain that with students, 
they're like, okay, this is, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's the future I want. And so that's, that's why, how, like, why we're doing Astronaut Job Camp is to yeah. let students know that that's their future. They get to do that. That's yeah. a huge difference you're making, definitely. Um, so you mentioned Astronaut Job Camp. That's one of the things you're doing while you're over here. Could you describe what that's going to entail, what the kids will be getting from that um, when, if they sign up? And hopefully they will be signing up. Well, you know, it's not one of the things I'm doing now where I'm here. It's the thing I'm doing. <laughs> it's why I'm in Shetland. It's why I'm on Unst and uh, the, the Shetland Space Center. Yeah, the Shetland Space Center and uh, Yvette Hopkins and, and uh, Frank Strong and, and, uh, and Carol in the office and, and all the other people I've got to talk with, yep. y- yourself included now, mm-hmm. um, have... Uh, I, be, I began having a conversation in January. I, po- I, I was looking for a place that was, that was um, where to stage astronaut job camp. And we were going to do it in the States in, uh, at a university, Urbana University in Ohio in 2020. But everybody's plans got changed in 2020. Yeah, so we all know that uh, like for students, for grownups, and the pandemic changed all that. In fact, the university we were staging astronaut job camp at closed because of pandemic permanently it's a university has been open for 150 years wow and so um i it it was it made like the rest of us i got to shift i got to figure out okay well what are we going to do i know the space industry is not coming to an end because of a pandemic and we um first of all we began reframing pandemic quarantine as space mission training because a lot of the skills that students were picking up and learning and developing during pandemic quarantine, these are the same skills that we use to succeed in life. That we call it dealing with VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous conditions. Dealing with VUCA conditions. And so communicating that to students, and we, we started with that, myself and United Launch Alliance, and uh, they, 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 that's called the Human Heirs Initiative. And Human Heirs is the is the term that I came up with that I use in the astronaut instruction manual, my book that became uh, like as my, it opens the doors for me because it was so well received. And that idea is different than how we think of astronauts and space professionals in the past. It is, it makes it more available, more accessible. We don't think of astronauts as, as that. We don't position, I don't position space professionals as the elite or the exclusive. That's not the way to, to figure out how to solve everything for everybody by making it just for some people. Like the, uh, the uh, um, uh, overly, over, overly wealthy. <laughs> like some people think the space program is just for the very, very rich, the overly wealthy. And that's not right. Like even the device we're using to record this conversation is developed using technology from the space program, the, yeah, and uh, like the that's the that's the gist of it. And so, getting that across, getting that message across with students, so students know that this is this is the thing that they can grasp. This is part of their. This is the whole deal. It's not it's not arguing with grownups about we shouldn't be working on the space program because what do we get from it? Even though we're we're posting that argument on the platform that we're built using the technology we got from the space program, even though that. Students are looking at, spa- at at space and adventures in space and living, working, and playing in space as the, like one of the opportunities available to them that makes sense. So, 
when I was uh, rethinking all of that and thinking, where do I stage the astronaut job camp? I was like, do I do it someplace everybody's been, someplace everybody knows, um, easily accessible, which is the exact opposite of space. <laughs> or do I do it as someplace and like, like, well, Shetland, like mm-hmm. Unst. And I didn't know about Shetland and Unst at the time. I started doing research. And that's what I, again, this is what I encourage students to do. Google it. Yeah. Google it. And so <laughs> I, I, I started Googling what new, new developing space centers. And I found out about Unst. And I found out about how uh, the, the Shetland Space Center uh, here in Saxafard is has synthesized a relationship with nature and is, has incorporated conservation as part of the like as an integral aspect of this space center that's distinguished from other space centers furthermore i found out about unst and and the, the history with with the viking here and how many ships uh sailed off into adventures from here mm-hmm. over a thousand years and how you cannot help but be connected with the awe and wonder of the universe by looking out over the water in, 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 in uh, Unst. I learned that not even being here. I did the research. And then, I, and then I had the conversation with the, like I said, the administration of the Shetland Space Center. At first they were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's interesting. Let's, uh, but they didn't shut it down. And one thing led to another. And, and then uh, we came up with a package that makes sense. This summer from Unst, from Shetland Space Center here at Saxa Ford, with the support of the community, with like, I mean, the students, local students are, are involved very much so, we are staging Mike Mongo's astronaut job camp. And uh, the, uh, the other big part of the story is now that um, uh, um, uh, Mr. Anders Polson's uh, NGO, the non, uh, nonprofit, Wildlands, which is a conservation organization, and uh, Shetland Space Center have teamed up and are funding the camp fees for all the students. Everybody is paid for. All the students, 180 students. That's, that's 60 students in Scotland. That's 60. We're doing an afternoon elective for the students in, in, the, UK, in uh, the rest of the UK, England, Ireland, and Wales, and, uh, because their school doesn't end until our camp is almost over. And I think that's COVID-related just because the schedules are different. And then we're also doing a, a, another 60 for North America and students on that side of the world. So we're alternating days and we're doing four weeks, eight classes. We've got uh, all these astronauts signed up. Uh, Dr. Cyan Proctor, uh, who's on the Inspiration4 SpaceX mission that's going up in September. Good friend of, of mine. Super excited to be part of this. Nicole Stott, International Space Station and Space Shuttle astronaut. Who has bring? Who has a, has she does? She is the founder of the Art Art for Space Foundation, and which is which brings art to space. And all of these amazing people saw this. They're all every, we're all aligned in the vision. We all know where this goes. And letting students from here on out know that space is part of their future and is an opportunity. A lot of times when we're kids, we don't have a grown-up around us that tells us, hey, have you thought about doing that in space? Whatever thing that you have a passion for. It can be plumbing if there's a, a, one kid on the planet that is excited about plumbing. Maybe their parents are a plumber. Yeah. Well, spaceships need plumbers. And, and, and plumbing is a part of everything. 
And, and, and there's, there's pretty much no industry that doesn't make a connection to the space industry without having to be an astronaut. Not every student wants to be an astronaut as, 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 as a glamorous and, and exciting job. Some students want to work in space. And the way that we're going to be doing these things in the future is different than how we've done it in the past, Bryden. I get so excited about this. <laughs> it's an exciting thing to speak about. And so, it sure uh, is. Yeah, so. Um, I think another thing to mention is the workshops we're doing in schools. Um, I'll be working with Mike this coming week to be um, in every single school in Shetland, um, whether it's virtual or a couple of the schools will get, be getting to see in person. Um, and every school in Shetland has signed up to the workshops you're, um, you've agreed to put on in schools. And I think that's testament to how exciting what you're going to be speaking about actually is. Like... I showed you the stickers I brought, the Unstronaut stickers. Unstronaut. With a dabbing <laughs> astronaut. Unstronaut stickers for all the students here. Yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting. Yeah. So, Mike, could you tell me a bit about what you think of Shetland so far? Think of Unst. Is it different to what you imagined, or is it along the same vein? I, uh, you, you hear me get excited uh, 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 for the last 15 minutes, <laughs> and... Uh, then I get to be humbled because I didn't expect it to be this beautiful. As, as beautiful as I thought, I get choked up thinking about it. I, you you and, and a couple of people have driven me around and introduced me to some of the people here. And it has been, uh, it has been very close to what people call a spiritual experience. The, uh, there's a place where the continental plates meet here in, in uh, on Unst called Norik. And it is breathtaking and that's right right at the place where we'll be launching rockets with satellites into polar orbit from here at the Shetland Space Center in Saxavord the continental plates meet right at that spot I mean that's bigger than all of us this is not a this is not a lark uh, this is a the universe coming together and saying, human beings, you are okay. And you have a place to be here as well as the birds and the seals. And the birds and seals are important too. <laughs> and, uh, and all the other creatures that are around here. I hear there's otters. I haven't seen them yet, but I'm very excited. <laughs> Hopefully see them eventually. If I see an orca, it, you're good. you just cannot imagine how excited I'm going to be. <laughs> so, Fingers crossed. And you're here for till the end of July. Is that right? I know. I'm here till August. Till August, so you'll get plenty of time to explore um, the length and breadth of Unst and hopefully different parts of Shetland as well while you're here and see lots of things. My friend Manic Foreman is joining me. He's, he's gonna, he's, he'll be here tomorrow, I think, and he'll start his 10 days of quarantine. So I've finished mine this week, and uh, he'll start his, and then we will unite as one and, and uh, support this future where it works out for everybody. And just to finish up there, how did you find your quarantine, Mike? How was it? Oh, the quarantine. Ah, uh, it was, uh, okay, so I got some emails out. I got a bunch of correspondence done. And the the uh, sun, everybody said that that is not a Shetland tradition, the sun. But mm. there was a lot, there was, I actually got a little bit of tan here sitting at the front. I wasn't allowed to go outside the front of the yard. And uh, there's no one around. Not here. It's quiet. What? <laughs> I think on one day I counted 10 cars that had passed in the back. 10 total. <laughs> So, yeah, it is quiet is the right word. The, the sheep are a little raucous. <laughs> the sheep across the street. I can hear them around 6.30 at, at night, if you could call it that, because it doesn't get dark till after midnight. 
uh, at around 6.30 at night, they start, and uh, they're calling for the little lambs. And I need just watch. And these lambs come running from far away because it's so big. And then, and, but that's their mommy calling them and saying, hey, it's time. Come home. And, and they, they run right over <laughs> And it's, it's been really nice. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Mike. That's been such a nice conversation. And sign up, kids, um, if you get the oh. um, chance to sign up to the astronaut job camp running from the... The July 5th to, to July 30th. And you go to, go to astronautjobcamp.com. Astronaut Job Camp. You can just Google Astronaut Job Camp. It comes right up. And anyone up. needs to reach out and have any questions, I'm, I, you can Google Mike Mongo. I'm the easiest person to get a hold of. Excellent. Thank you so much, Thank Mike. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. That's all for this week's episode of the Radio Saxford podcast. This week's episode was an additional episode, so next week we will have the season finale with Yvette Hopkins joining us from the Shetland Space Centre to talk about what's happening at the moment with the Shetland Space Centre, and that will be our season finale. This week we are going to finish off the episode with a piece, another piece of music by um, local musician and composer Stephen Spence. Um, we'll leave you with that. This is Golden Gold at the Gibby, and we'll see you next week. Radio Sax Award. Join us every Sunday for a new episode and for more information go to our website www.shetlandspacecenter.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Shetland underscore space and on Facebook at Shetland Space Centre. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.